Hello and welcome to part two of our Champions League final preview here on Red Sun Restricted. I'm your host, Dan Club, and I'm joined by Dave Comerford and Chloe Boxham as ever. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Now, before we get started, I want to direct you to part one of our Champions League final preview with Eduardo Alvarez as David looked into the opposition a little bit more, let's say. Looked into what Real Madrid might have or have not got to offer us this weekend. Um, But as we, as three Liverpool fans, look ahead to the game, we're going to look at the Liverpool perspective a little bit more tonight. So, first of all, we'll kick off with what happened over the weekend in terms of the Premier League stuff um, and what bearing that may or may not have on what happens on Saturday in Paris. Um, Chloe, I'll come to you first. Do you feel more or less confident based on what went on in the Premier League? Does that give you an extra incentive and do you think that gives the players an extra incentive to go and win the Champions League on Saturday? Um, for me, I don't think, you know, what happens on the weekend, it's definitely not affected me. Um, I'm still just as excited as I was before. I think we all knew the Premier League was a long shot from when we were 14 points behind to even when we obviously knew it wasn't in our hands on the last day. The way in which it happened, I mean, a lot of people say, it, you know, it's one of the most cruel ways, but um, I, I really wish I could bottle up the feeling of those first 60 minutes in that football ground because it was some of the best moments of my life because of what it gave me in the in sense of how I felt uh, in that moment, surrounded by people who, you know, felt the exact same way. And I think, you know, those five minutes where City changed it, yeah, everyone was a bit down and, and, and upset about it, but you could see for... Um, I think we were more upset for the players more, more than anything else because, I mean, they've came twice uh, by a point, both on the last day, um, and we've also won it at a time where no-one could see us lift it. So... Um, I think it was more of a case of longing for them more than it was for the, for the fans, even though we obviously wanted it as well. So for me, I, it doesn't change much, but that's because mm. I'm looking at it in the same aspect of, well, I was excited beforehand. I'm just as excited now. Um, and I'm, I'm not one who's taking it for granted in the sense of I think Madrid are a really, really good team. And I think at times you can feel like, a season or something is destined for them and I have a slight feeling of that and I hope it's not right but you just look at the way they've got through this Champions League campaign and they've not been brilliant but they've got the job done and they've had little like 10 minute spells of being superior and and getting the job done and at times it can feel like things are destined for you um but for the Reds I'm just I'm just excited that they've they've taken us on another ride and hopefully um that'll make them even more hungrier like Jürgen Klopp said yeah 100% and you know, to your point about the players, I mean, we've seen this side do this before, haven't we? Sort of that final day heartbreak, if you like, although it was crueler this time um, in many senses. Um, and obviously bounced back in Europe pretty much immediately after. So they've got history in it. And I think Henderson essentially referenced the same thing you said there in terms of it was cruel on the final day. But, you know, it's that little bit of extra incentive now um, for the players. So, Dave, same question to you, really. Um how do you think the players will react from what happened in the league? I mean, first and foremost, like that was painful. 
yeah. that was really, it was really, really bad. I'm not going to lie because, you know, obviously what Chloe says there is a, a kind of a positive way of looking at it in terms of the gratitude for those moments. But to me, that made it kind of worse in a way because you you almost felt like it was there waiting to be grasped for, mm. for so long. And I, people will say, obviously, there was no point where Liverpool were actually ahead. So maybe that makes it, you know, a little bit less painful. But it felt like it was it felt like it was gonna happen because of what was going on at, at City. And it, it felt like it was inevitable that Liverpool would score at some point. Um so really on Sunday, on Sunday night and on Monday, I was really hurting from it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um I'd say I'm I'm kind of over it now. I think I'm really into kind of the Champions League final mindset at this point but it was bad um to lose it that way um and the thing i keep going back to with it is like i just wish that city had i think klopp said it before in his press conference i just wish that they'd gone out there and you know smoked them four nil or something yeah and regardless of what we do you're like oh well then it was just maybe a bridge too far for villa to do something but for villa to not to go two goals up um is what is what made it hurt really um and listen we had the whole country laughing at us because we haven't won a quadruple which i think is one of the most insane things ever but i think the bottom line is it just shows you how big a club liverpool are like i never i've never before felt that liverpool like are that massive than i did on on sunday when i saw the word quadruple trending in kind of a mocking way um, as if that's kind of something like a stick to beat someone with that they've not achieved something that's never ever been achieved before. But um, before I start ranting about that, I'll come back to your actual <laughs> question, Dan, about the players. <laughs> I think the moment that I think back to with with the players is, and again, this is bringing up some painful memories to like talk about it. But when Salah scored the goal uh, to make it two one, and you saw kind of the expression on his face just for those first few seconds, really before you kind of gauge the reaction. The players thought at that moment that they were going to win the league. And I think that is what makes it so difficult for them is that kind of moment of euphoria, that brief thing and and sense. And like I said before, that it was there for them um, and then not having it. So I think they will be low. Um, and I think it's the main challenge for Klopp, really, in the build-up to the game. You know, at this point, we've played 62 games this season. There's a limit to kind of the ta- tactical changes and things like that that he can make at this point I think genuinely the key thing for him is to overcome what happened at the weekend um and I think the signs are positive on that front like um one thing that encouraged me was the interview that Sadio Mane did uh, earlier today um obviously he said something uh, in there which was maybe not ideal in terms of what we wanted to hear but his actual demeanor I think uh, was very Positive and and the players as well, really in the press conference, you know Henderson and Salah, um, laughing and joking. So I think you know that that's positive in terms of the mood in the camp still being quite good. And I think, I guess, what it comes down to is, I don't think the players now are going to actively be thinking about what happened on Sunday. I think, you know, given the level of professionals that they are, their minds are hundred percent going to be on the weekend. What I think it does do is, especially with the questions that they're never to be facing it. I think it raises the stakes and raises the pressure for Saturday because it's like they they will feel um, that if they don't win this game at the weekend, that they haven't done themselves justice as a team. And I think that's just the, the reality of it personally. So 
I think it, it makes the game even more important than it already was personally. Yeah, well, you know, you're probably right in that sense. It's crazy to think, you know, they've already got two trophies in the bag, but there's a chance that the season might feel like a missed opportunity, um, though, depending on what does happen. Um, but that takes us nicely on to my next question, really, in terms of, I'll stick with you, Dave, on it, as you sort of raised it. Um, if Liverpool, you know, well, whichever way you want to look at it, really, if Liverpool do win the Champions League, you know, quite simply out of ten, what would you rate the season then? Um, and obviously, vice versa. If Liverpool were to miss out on Saturday, what what would you rate us then? I think it's it's a nine out of ten um, if we win the Champions League, um, because you know, the thing is, if it was a Premier League centric treble like PL yeah. and the two cups, then I'm thinking probably I'd probably look at a ten personally, just because. I feel like it's a safe space to say this. I wouldn't say this to fans of other teams that I know, but what I think we all really want is to win the Premier League in front of fans. Um, is is the number one priority. Um, so that would be kind of ten out of ten. I think it's still obviously worth a nine or a nine point five to win that. You know, um, certainly exceeded my expectations. And the thing with it is, like, if you'd said to me in in August that if you'd offered offered to me and said Liverpool fail in three of the competitions but they win either the Premier or the Champions League I'm taking that yeah. on its own all day long like every single season if we win one of those two trophies you know everything else is kind of fades fades for me so to to win if we were to win the Champions League and both you know that's just extraordinary really without I'd say I'd say seven uh because I think six is is too harsh you know, we we think about the occasions, those finals, how difficult the games were, mm-hmm. um, having to beat you know the likes of City and Arsenal to get there. I think they were big achievements uh, to win those trophies, and the points tally that the team has put up as well. Um, I think you can't really go anywhere below that. Uh, but yeah, it would be, it would feel quite hollow, I think. Um, and we'd have, you know, there's a a parade on on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. The dynamic of that would be strange, I think, um, if, if they don't win. Because whilst I do think there would be a feeling of wanting to celebrate this team and the joy that they've given us, it's like I said before, it feels like they, it feels like they need this to do themselves justice to be remembered as, you know, how good they are. Really, um, it feels it feels like they will need this trophy. So yeah, I'd say nine and seven personally. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think certainly on the parade point, I think that's a really sort of important one because although I, I agree with the sentiment of going ahead of the parade and regardless of what happens on Saturday, I'll, I'll be going to it. Um, but it, it is a difficult one. I think the problem would be with it if we were to lose on Saturday, which obviously I, I sincerely hope we don't, is it would be two quite painful blows back to back. Because like you've both said in terms of what happened on Sunday, Although there are a positive way of looking at it with not being top of the league and it was never in our hands, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The way it transpired was was painful. Like, similar to you, Dave, Sunday, I was a write-off. Monday, I was essentially a write-off for the same reason. Because um, it was tough, like, I thought, because I genuinely started to believe. All day, I didn't think it was possible. And then at one point during the games, I started to think it could just be happening. Um, and then for it not to the way it did, did hurt. Um, and it would be similar, obviously, sort of Saturday night, Sunday morning. So having to then get up and be positive about a parade is doable. 
but it is a different dynamic. I do agree. Um, before I give my scores based on the season, which are really positive despite that dour demeanour I just gave across, um, Chloe, I'll get your uh, answers to the same questions, really. If we win the Champions League 10, it's the pinnacle of football. I don't give a damn about the Premier League. I would choose the Champions League every single season over the Premier League. I just would. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's because I've grew up with the love affair that Liverpool have with the European yeah. Cup. It's yeah, yeah. no other English team have got it like it. And then there's only a handful of teams in Europe who've who've had, you know, the success that Liverpool have had in mm-hmm. um Europe and for me last week if you'd offered me the Premier League or the Champions League I'd have told you the Champions League and I think I said it last week on the on the thingy I said I know which one I'd have and when I said that I meant the Champions League it wasn't a kind of you can pick which one you want but you know if you're telling me we're champions of Europe and I can sing that song next season I'm over the moon uh, it's a 10 out of 10 it's a it's a you know We've we've not done the tr- the quad, let's say, but we we've definitely got three very good trophies there, um, and you've got the pinnacle of trophies in, in your hand there, and um, we're coming up against a, a team that we've had, you know, 2018 the heartbreak of what Carius decided to do, um. It was, you know, it was the same feeling in Kiev. I remember it. it was, you know, it took me five different planes to get there over 24 hours. I was living in someone's, um, like, apartment. They didn't have hot water. It was like jumping in the Mersey if you wanted a shower. Mm. And it, it was like, the feeling of it was incredible. Um, and then we lose, you know, Manny scores and we all think we're right back into it. We dominated the first 20, Salah goes off injured and you can see everyone's heads down. We pull it back with a goal by Manny and our end, it was like we knew we were going to win it and we never. Um, and that was very painful. But the atmosphere after it was a very good one. It was like we all knew we'd get back there. It was like we went into bars afterwards and everyone was just jumping, singing Liverpool songs. And it was like everyone knew this was the start of something unbelievable. And to say that we've come full circle and we get to play them again and this time it's in Paris and um, we've already got two trophies behind us, it, it, it is literally hopefully going to be a full circle moment and one where we put ourselves above uh, Real Madrid in this instance and um, so for me a a 10 because if you offered me at the beginning of the season the Premier League or the Champions League I'd say the Champions League um, under the lights at Anfield for a Champions League night there's absolutely nothing like it and to be the cream of Europe which is by the way a banner we have on the cop every game Liverpool are the cream of Europe well Hopefully we can once again do that. Um, without the the Champions League, I want to say seven, seven and a half. And and the reasoning is is because I I can't give it any higher because I think I'd be in a moment of. I mean, like you said, sat uh, Sunday. I was I came home and I just went straight to bed. I I didn't edit a vlog. I couldn't put myself through looking at back at the videos, and I felt immense proud. I, I, I felt immensely proud for the team. And, and what they'd done but at the same time it was the case of you looked at people at our time and people were getting emotional and nothing had happened and it was also the case of I truly believe if Liverpool scored earlier on and we go up that Etihad Stadium is fuming and I think that has effect, an effect on the, the City players I know they're experienced I know they've been there before but your team's 2-0 down to Aston Villa Steven Gerrard and then you hear the crowd, you hear the Aston Villa fans screaming like the Wolves fans did at the fact that Liverpool have gone 2-1 up. 
who knows what could have happened. But by the time we'd scored, they'd already done the comeback. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of felt a bit depressing already. So um, the, the, the bus parade, it'll be a bit like... You'll obviously want to go and you'll want to celebrate them, but it's a case of the two big ones that you want if you want one of the two. It, it, it's it's the Premier League and Champions League. The other two, I don't have... Um, I care for them, I want to win them, but if we don't win them, it's not the end of the world for me. It's a case of the FA Cup and it, it's a lot of people see it as what used to be, you know, one of the best cups in, in fo- world football. And now it's a case of you earn like a million to win the entire thing. You earn that just to win one group stage game in the Champions League. Like it's not as special as as for, for younger generations than it is for the older generations, I'd say. Um, and the League Cup, once again, it's one of those cups where it's an addition if you win it. It's a bonus. Um, but the, the two you look at, especially for a team that's as good as Liverpool Football Club, is the Champions League and, and Premier League. So um, I'm obviously still wanting to be at that bus parade. I'm just hoping we've got three trophies on the bus and not just two. Yeah, 100%. Because even you know the bus parade is worthwhile in itself, simply with the Champions League, isn't it, if we're honest? Um, not to say it isn't with the FA Cup and League Cup, but it would feel slightly different, um, especially on the back of, like I said earlier, two you know painful losses in inverted commas. Um, in terms of where I'd rank them, I'd be somewhere sort of, and this isn't just because I'm host and I want to meet in the middle, um, I'd be somewhere sort of in the middle. I'd like to give a nine and a half um, in terms of if we do win it, because like you, Chloe, I do rate the Champions League higher, um, but I also fully understand Dave's point about wanting to win the Premier League in front of us and be there and almost get that monkey off our back, because though we did win it, you know, there were circumstances that meant we couldn't be there properly and celebrate it and enjoy it. Um, so I do still feel like that's something we need to accomplish um, with this side as well. Um, so missing out on that does bring it down, so I can't quite give it a 10. But like you've said, everything about the Champions League, and this pretty much the first thing that came into my head, actually, our like, affinity with the trophy um, and the way we regard it. Like City fans can say they don't care about it till they're blue in the face, but they don't care about it because they never won it. I can guarantee you the day they do win it, which will be a dark day for football, they'll suddenly start caring about it then, um, as if like magic. Um, and yeah, the only thing I'd say about sort of the positivity spin on it, if we don't win the Champions League, if it's possible to be positive in that instance, is um, when we look back on the season, I've said it before, Klopp has now completed the set, essentially, um, in terms of what he could have won. I know he didn't win the Europa League, um, but in terms of sort of the major honours, he's completed the set with the League Cup and the FA Cup. And that was always a stick that was used to beat him with in terms of how he treated domestic trophies. I certainly didn't expect us to win either of them at the start of the season. So I can't really rate the season below an eight with them two already in the bag because A, it's silverware, and B, it's written off some doubters, um, which is always nice to boot as well. So, yeah, we will move on, though, to sort of more... Well, I suppose looking ahead to the final a little bit more as opposed to what might have been. Um, and today there's been a media day at um, the AXA in Kirby. Um, and there's been some interesting comments coming out, quite frankly, from players, Klopp. Um, everyone really has had their say on what's to come. Um, and obviously Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah were asked about their futures, I suppose, um, as well as the final. And I want to get a thought on Sadio Mane's comments before we go on to Salah. Um, and essentially, paraphrasing here, he said he's going to 
answered a question about his future after Saturday's final, which made you think, made me think, there was an answer to give. Obviously, that goes without saying. It's yes or no, I'm going to stay. But it was quite pointed, the way he said it, in my opinion. So it's either he's going to come out and say, yeah, I'm staying for five years, or, God forbid, this might be it this summer. Um, I'll come to you, Dave. Am I missing something there? Am I inaccurate, or is that the way you took it? Yeah, I interpreted it in a similar way. I think, ultimately, it comes down to would he have said that if he was staying? I don't think he necessarily would have because it's not really a thing to postpone. Then it's just like, oh, well, no, I'm happy here. I'll stay kind of thing. You know, we had the opportunity to say that. I think it kind of reads as I'm probably going to leave, but I don't want to say that before the game. That That is how I'm kind of taking it. Um, and that's obviously a big concern because, you know, we go back a year and Mane looks like maybe his best is behind him. But, you know, you know, based on what we've seen this season, like the way he's almost been reinvented in this centre-forward position, to the extent that he's starting almost a certainty on, on Saturday as, as the false nine, as the centre-forward, I think is a really good sign for his longevity. And I think if he does leave Liverpool, it's going to be, you know, he'll still be delivering in whatever league he's playing in. Um, and it, there will be a, an element of kind of thinking, oh God, I wish we could have kept him around a bit more. And I think, you know, all the noises we've had are that all the front three weren't going to get their contracts renewed. Um, and obviously those contracts expire in 12 months. So that's probably when we were we were braced for, braced for like this kind of era, I suppose, this iconic attacking trio to be broken up. Um, and we think, you know, probably for me, you know, look like the, the most likely candidates. Now there's this prospect that it's going to happen a year earlier and that it'll be Mane that goes and he'll obviously have have the offers um, like in, in light of the form that I, I just mentioned. Uh, I think there's a, there's an element of maybe, there's probably an element of wanting a new challenge um, within within that, you know, especially if, if he wins the game, maybe that's an element to it too. Of if, he, if he wins this trophy with Liverpool, he'll feel like almost this, this chapter is done and that he's achieved everything he wants to. Um, at Liverpool but I also wonder if there's an element of you know there's all all this talk about Salah's contract and not really anything about Mane to be fair you know one or two bits and pieces but it's like it's not an urgent priority and I wonder if whilst the club do want to keep Mane whether that kind of approach to it has made him almost feel a little bit undervalued and maybe giving them more so the opportunity to think about alternative options and maybe think those options are appealing. Um, but yeah, I think I think they were important comments, to be honest, because like I say, the only way I can actually read what he said is, is that the decision is likely, more likely to be that he's thinking about leaving, um, to be honest. So yeah, it's, it's a worry, to be fair. Yeah, it is. It certainly is. Like 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 you say, you know, there is an opportunity there. You don't expect, you know, anyone to come out and say definitively, I'm going or I'm staying before a game like this is just not a done thing. You know, postponing it isn't necessarily the issue. It was the fact he did sort of, you know, intimate that there was an answer. Um, there was an answer coming, um, which didn't necessarily read particularly well. I don't imagine it'll affect his performance or anyone else's for that matter um, on Saturday. But yeah, it's certainly long term. It does seem like something could give 
there. Um, Chloe, before we move on to Salah, do you wholeheartedly agree or disagree with any of that? I mean, when I read it earlier, it just didn't fill me with confidence, really, did it? So, I mean, I'd rather him just not have said anything because um, it's kind of, it's it's just, it's another thing. I mean, he was smiling and laughing and yet you still didn't feel confident in anything that he was going to sign a new contract and maybe it is the case that he feels like he's not valued as much. Um, as, as some of the other players, but he's a Liverpool legend. He's been absolutely incredible. Um, and to think to not offer him a new contract is actually a bit unthinkable at this moment in time because, I mean, we can sit here and we can say, OK, we can lose one. Um, and if you look at Salah, and I, I don't think Salah's was good either, by the way, but I think we're going to get on to him, so I'll wait and I'll say about his in a minute. But the idea of, of you know, we might be losing one, and then it's a case, oh, but you'll lose like the best two one year after each other. It's like, where are we getting these players from? And how much are we willing to spend on these players? And I know we've got Lewis Diaz for a deal and he's brilliant. Um, but sadly, you need more than three forwards to, to do anything because you're up against City and you've got that many games to play. So, um, yeah, it, it didn't fill me with confidence, which is just another, it's, it's another distraction, I'd say. And I don't like that. And I think it's a distraction for fans because he seemed happy. He seemed focused. He said it would be lovely to win number seven. But it's the thought process of, of this great team that have took us to three final, uh, three finals in five years. Might not be the same team it is next year. No, no, it might not. And I suppose it was always going to happen at some point. Um, but yeah, that reality might be facing us a little bit sooner than we'd all like. Um, I'll come back to you on Salah. And we're going to go on to Salah's sort of Real Madrid comments in a second, but before we do, I wanted to get your both your thoughts on what he said about his future whilst we're on managed, really. Um, he essentially said, I found it more positive, Chloe, I know you might have a different spin on it, but he said, obviously, I'm staying, I'll be here next season, um, which could suggest that he's willing to walk away, walk away on a free um, next summer in terms of 2023, but what filled me with a bit more confidence on that is I don't see the club allowing that like they're so sort of business savvy and business orientated you know all right we let Wijnaldum walk away on a free but it's a different caliber of football we're talking about so I don't see how that manifests itself I could be wrong obviously but you know if we were going to sell Salah it would almost have to be this summer Um, and Salah essentially said that won't be happening so I took a slightly more positive outlook from that Um, but Chloe feel free to put me wrong or right as it were (laughs) I looked at it in the negative way, I guess, in the sense of I think he was basically telling them, telling LFC, you either give me a new contract or you're not getting any money out of me. Because from a business perspective, Liverpool have to decide to either give him a contract or or let him go. And I guess if he goes on a free, but if he contributes to a Premier League or a Champions League, then okay, you know, we can let him go on a free. But to me, it was very much Salah thought, well, I'm I'm gonna put it out there in the public. You most definitely not selling me and getting money out of me. So you can either choose to give me an extension or you can let me go for free and, and wonder why you did that. Um so I, I took it that way and whether that's he's putting the the t the the club in an awkward position or whether it's genuinely, you know, I'll be here next season and I'll most definitely be here the season after okay. But for me it was just a case of he made sure to know 
to, to note down that if he does go, um, he wants it to, to be a case of it's not just my fault that I'm going here. Um, and I think I, I think it was more of a stamp of I'm telling you, you aren't getting any money out of me for selling me. So you've got to make the decision now between the other mm. two things. And I think he, it, I think it was basically like an ultimatum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And Dave, where do you sit on that? Um. Well, there's a couple of ways you can read it. Obviously, um, it's like commitment to Liverpool, or is it that kind of willingness to run the contract down? My concern with Salah now, in terms of his future, is what's happened with Mbappe, because I think the, it might be a line and a little bit for him to go to Real on a free, because that was obviously they were going to get Mbappe on a free. They can give him. They can almost give him the money that they were going to give Mbappe, which is like about 400k a week. That's probably kind of the bracket he wants to be in. You know, that's what we've read in terms of he wants to be in the very elite kind of earning earning window that the the best players are. And obviously he regards himself fairly as one of those. So I think that's a fact that he's kind of invited the interest in the past. I think, you know, comments like, you know, being open to playing in La Liga and stuff. So I think for Real as well, it's not, it's not so much about signing a, a young left winger um, who can be a superstar for years to come. I don't, think, I don't think it's about the almost the player himself and his characteristics. I think it's more about his status and the the fact of signing a, a Galactico to end all Galacticos kind of thing. And I think Mo Salah would be not too far off Mbappe or, or certainly even on the same level in terms of the profile he has. So I think... Salah and um, Florentino Perez might look at that and think that that is uh, potentially the next move. So I think that's the thing that's concerned me. Um, I've not really seen too many people mention it after Mbappe, but it's it's one for me that could potentially happen. Um, but I am glad in what he said today insofar as in contrast to Mane, who, where it's gone almost the opposite way, he's effectively saying don't bother making any bids for me this summer because um, he's not really thinking at all about leaving Liverpool. Uh, so so that's positive. So, yeah, if, if you want to look at it in kind of the, the optimistic way, I think you certainly could based on what he said. Yeah, and that, that's certainly the way I chose to take it. I don't know whether that was just me and certainly off the back of what Manny said, thinking we need a bit of positivity here. Um, and Salah seemed to half provide it at least, certainly in the short term. Um, obviously, what happens long term, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but Salah's been doing quite a lot of speaking um, on social media and in person, actually, over the past few weeks um, since we got Real Madrid because he wants revenge, quite frankly. Um, so today he said, we've got a score to settle and it was a sad day for all of us and now it's revenge time. Um, clearly referencing the final um, in Kiev when he had to come off after half an hour Um and he wants revenge, and, and and rightly so. In many ways, it was a it was a, obviously a bad night for us, and certainly a bad night for him. The way it all happened. Um, Kevin Benzema, Real Madrid striker, uh, and, and arguably you know rival for the Ballon d'Or to Salah and Mane for that matter, um, has responded and said Liverpool have got a lot of confidence, and they think they've already won the match. Maybe, maybe they think that this is this isn't the same with Real Madrid as last time these things maybe they think they're favorites um i'll come to you chloe um what where do you stand on the way salah's been i suppose he's been quite bullish hasn't he in calling out real madrid um and you know they are a european superpower 
So it is quite a big name to call out. Do you back it? Do you like to see it? Or would you rather be kept quiet? Um, I like to see it if we win. <laughs> yeah. If we don't, he looks like an idiot. Um, but I think it's it's confidence and belief. I think, you know, he's, he, he did it when we were struggling and he said, you know, we, we will, you know, carry on until the last the last game. You know, we won't let this happen. We stuck together. Then we were in the Champions League. We managed to get here and now we're here. So he's done these things in the past. And also you've got to think about it. He was absolutely wiped out of a game that we were dominating for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was his single best season. If he would have won that Champions League, who knows who would have won the Ballon d'Or that season. Um, if he would have, like, because he was that good with winning us games. Um, you know, he, he created history in the Premier League. It was his first year at Liverpool. Um, so I, I, I obviously think, I think he has a lot of, of hate from that still. Um because it was kind of set up as his final, really, because of how good he'd been. It was like if there was one player Liverpool can rely on, it's most Defo, most Salah. Then he was, we were, we, we were battering them. I remember first 15, 20. Then Ramos <laughs> decides to, to yank on his arm and, you know, he has to go off injured. You can see his uh, disappointment, but you, you didn't just see his disappointment. You looked at the players on that pitch and every single player's head was down. You looked around the stadium, all Liverpool fans' heads were in their hands. Like, you just, the the, the sense in that stadium changed as soon as as soon as he went off. Um, so I, I think he's this kind of outspoken person anyway. I think he believes in himself, he trusts in himself. You have to have that to be a top athlete, I understand that. Um, but, you know, what I will say is, is that um, I don't know what Kareem Benzema is is coming up with here because I'm pretty sure when they beat City they had 14 on their t-shirts and was parading round as if yeah, they'd won it. True. When Liverpool won Villarreal and I know they didn't make this a sensational comeback but we were 2-2. They'd battled us first half and then we just blew them away and I know they're not a team like Man City, Villarreal but you still got to show respect. To Liverpool it was kind of like okay, we're there again. Okay, let's focus back on the league now. There was no, there was no one was going over to our fans and dancing or anything. We were just clapping and then we got off the pitch, where they were absolutely going mental. And I think that shows where Real Madrid have been in in recent years in in Europe especially. And they beat us, um, so we can't really say much. But we did have players all over the place in that game. Uh, we had, I think, we had Reese Williams and Nat Phillips at the back as well. So there's a, I'm. I'm all for talk as long as you know he's not he's not being disrespectful in any way. Um, you can just see his desire, and who doesn't want to win the Champions League, especially him, with what happened in that game. So I can understand where he's coming from. It's just I hope it doesn't bite us all on the arse. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> Fede Valverde use that word disrespect there, Chloe. Fede Valverde said, well, he has accused it accused Salah of disrespecting the badge, I assume, Real Madrid in that instance. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, obviously, in terms of, obviously, I hope it doesn't come back and bite him, but it just seems to the way he is. Um, and I think he's got every right to almost want uh, and to have wanted Real Madrid because it feels like coming full circle, doesn't it? Um, Dave, where do you stand on it? Would you rather Salah... It sort of kept quiet and just done the business and then maybe come out and said, oh, I wanted revenge and X, Y, Z. Or do you not really mind it? Do you think it gives him that little bit? Because he hasn't been on form, has he, recently? So maybe he needed this bit between his teeth to really kickstart him again. Well, something that's just occurred to me 
um, just then is like, I think Real are almost trying to create, you can see the mentality they're trying to almost create it in their camp at the moment. Because what Salah said isn't actually like an affront to Real Madrid, you know, in terms of the content of what he's actually saying. Like, I think it's it's more to do with they're trying to find like anything they can use. And we, we saw um, after Mbappe signed the deal with PSG, um, I don't know, maybe Dan, you can confirm this, but there was, it seemed like there was a lot of players who'd almost been instructed by the media to kind of put out these messages of how much like they love Real Madrid and stuff and, mm. and things like that. It's like, because it was this big like transfer defeat for them. It was like um, they wanted to really kind of stand up in the face of it. Um, so I think there is kind of an effort in here to maybe it's maybe it's like um, it's not really maybe siege mentality level, but it's almost they are trying to add like a bit of an edge um, to to the game um, going into it because maybe that's partly to do with the fact that it's been such a it's been such an easy ride for them domestically for a while now that maybe they need to almost like fire themselves up because you know you read the responses out there then they're not really proportionate to what's actually been said by Salah um, so I don't think it's particularly bad uh, from that point of view I mean, I mean what worries me is when a player comes out and says effectively they're going to win um, I always think that's just inviting punishment mm-hmm. um, I think with Salah like you both said it just comes down to his added motivation and I think it's the nature of the player as well you know he is a lot more bullish than, than anyone really we have in our team and it reminds you of kind of all the best, you know, Chloe said this, you know, all, all the best kind of athletes, they have this kind of unique confidence about them. Um, and it's almost enjoyable in a way because, you know, it's merited. It's when, you know, you've got the Richarlison's of this world, for example, where the ego is massively um, out of proportion compared to the, the ability. Um, that's when it's a problem. So, you know, he's going to be more pumped uh, than he's ever been uh, for this game. I mean, Personally, and kind of on an instinctive level, I don't really like like it because I don't want to ever say anything that the opposition can use to add motivation. And I think, like like I said, that's what Real are trying to do based on what Benzema and Valverde said. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what he's like on Saturday. Whether you can you can see visibly that he has. Um, that he has this extra desperation and whether it leads to things like maybe taking on, I think the worst case scenario is that it leads to him taking on shots rather than, than passing because he's going to be, you know, incredibly um, hungry to score in this game. I think, um, you know, it's almost like if, if we win, we win the game and, and Salah doesn't score, then obviously he's going to, you know, be absolutely delighted, but it maybe won't feel like he's got the, the full satisfying ending that he wants uh, based on what he's been saying. I think what it's done is, added a little bit of edge to the game because I think, um, you know, Chloe spoke earlier about how Kiev felt like the start of a journey and we made amends a year later. I think that's a defeat that's actually been processed at this point. Um, whilst we all remember how much it hurt, I think it's been processed. But what it's done is I think he's almost brought those emotions back to the surface before the game. So it's like, it gives it that that extra edge that that storyline kind of becomes more prominent because of how much it's it is still in Salah's mind. So, yeah, I think it's um, intriguing in terms of how it changes the, the dynamics coming into the match because it it does you know these two teams you know if Liverpool and Man City for example it wouldn't have needed that extra spice but I think Salah has given us that. 
Yeah, he certainly has. Um, and I like say I don't mind. I don't mind it personally. Um, and it's a, it's a really good point about the way Real Madrid are treating it. They definitely are trying to gain something from it. Um, and maybe it is because domestically their league's been somewhat of a cakewalk for some time. Obviously, they've had the European adventures, like Chloe referenced earlier. They've been, you know, back to the wall a few times, really, in Champions League. Um, I don't buy into the fact that, you know, that might mean their names on the trophy. It might mean their luck's run out, quite frankly. Um, they've used up all the Champions League luck for one season. Um, but to your point, Dave, about sort of, you know, writing checks that you can cash, um, Salah's definitely got the capability to do so, whereas Richarlison hasn't. Um, so he's probably best off just leaving off that sort of Twitter antics for now until he gets double figures, I think, in the Premier League as opposed to anything else. Um, but anyway, moving on to more important Champions League matters. Um, we are going to look at the possible team selection um, for Liverpool. Uh, so basically, this has all sort of been shed light on um, you know, as we speak today, really, which is the Wednesday. Because um, obviously there was that open training session with a lot of media there. So we got to see who was and wasn't running around and who was and wasn't happy. Um, Fabinho, back in training. Um, and I also seen a little clip of him before and he just said, I'll be ready. Um, wasn't quite, I'll be back in Schwarzenegger style, but it wasn't far off. Um, Chloe, do you have any concerns? I suppose I'm going to ask about Fabinho. To begin with, in terms of, and he's a hundred percent fitness. Because if he hasn't played for a few weeks, we know he had a hamstring problem. But I want to open that up just slightly because we've seen Van Dijk, Salah return recently, and obviously Fabinho. Pretty much none of them are going to be a hundred percent fit. You would imagine. Is that a concern or last game of the season? Let's just go and do it. What? What? Where do you stand on that? Um, I think it's a bit, a bit of everything. I think you take the adrenaline of how big this game is. Um, mm. I don't think they'll have to get themselves up for it. It's just it's something that they'll be ready for. My only my only problem is if you are out of shape, um, especially with the with the pace and uh, the cute football that Real Madrid can play, you can get caught out of position. Or you know. It, even even at this top level, having a couple of weeks away from being in those footballing situations, um, you might you know step into a challenge in which you don't need to, and you've been taken out of the game, and and it's four v four or whatever at the back. Um, so I mean, it, it is a worry at the case that the the not they might not be a hundred percent fit. Uh, but you know these are footballers who've who've won everything. So I mean, I'm hoping that they can they can help each other get through it. Um. My other worry is, I mean, say if, if someone's not 100% fit, say, you know, Fabinho, I mean, we all know how he got injured. He he played awful for hmm. however many minutes, and that's just being honest. And he kept getting himself in these awkward positions where he kept losing the ball. And he got himself in one, and then trying to recover for it, he got himself injured. And if he over, you know, stretches or does something in this game, because... The good thing about adrenaline is it can carry you through a match, but the bad thing is, is with adrenaline you can go a bit over the top, or you can, you know, you can try and press someone in a place that doesn't need pressing, and then you're caught out of position or whatever. I hope the first twenty or so, no one gets a little niggle or a knock, or you know, feel something tight, because if it does, 
not just does it give Real Madrid a boost, and we all know how good this Liverpool side is, but you will feel the deflation of the atmosphere of Liverpool fans if Fabinho has to come off. You just will. It's natural. He's the best CDM in the world for me. Um, so, you know, it's a case of these things can all have knock-on effects in the game. Uh, and it's it, I'd chance them, I guess, because it's the last day of the season, but I wouldn't chance them if they were only 50%, 60%. I'd want them to be near 70 or 80. Um, and the other worry is is we can all sit here and say Thiago, Sam, but um, I don't even know how he got the injury. I just I remember him doing an absolute shocking ball out wide and then the next thing he was he was walking off the pitch. Um, so it's a case of you've got to make sure that the the, the players aren't just saying yeah to, to I want to start because of how big the game is. They're saying yeah because the body's in a good enough shape where they can they believe they can put in a decent performance. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of them where you want your best players on the pitch and, you know, a 70, 75% rated for being, you know, I, I will take, I, he can still do an unbelievable job. You just hope he doesn't get a... Um, uh, he doesn't overstretch or something and something he does and then have to go off with 20 minutes in because if we get to extra time, then that is a massive, massive thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And I suppose it's the big calls to be made, of course they are, but I, I'm with you in terms of if, if them three in particular are close, I think we can get them through this game. I think it is sort of the pack schedule that we've had at times this season, you'd be thinking, oh, no, all three of them, leave them out, save them for Tuesday. That doesn't exist anymore. And you don't want to sort of flog them and maybe do them long-term damage, of course. But within reason, there is scope to say, let's get through this. You're going to be sat on a bus on Sunday, then you've got X amount of weeks off. So there is definitely a little bit of leeway, which hasn't been there before, quite frankly, this season. Um, You mentioned Thiago there. Um, Maybe just left the pitch out of pure shame of misplacing a pass. Um, but Dave, he didn't train with the team today, which is Wednesday, like I said earlier. It's believed he was doing like a personal session on his own. Um, and Klopp was surprised the fact that he could be ready and he looked good to be ready on Saturday. Um, with what could be potentially two days of training, I suppose similar to what I asked Chloe about the other three, do we start Thiago or do we? I suppose the question is, if he's 80% fit, let's call it, do we start him with the prospect of extra time and him maybe not completing it or do we bring him on and maybe he has extra time as well? Where do you stand on that? Well, really, Dan, you've kind of hit on exactly what I kind of had noted down with, with this, like, if if he can only play, say you go into it and like he can only play sixty minutes, he's only got that amount in him. I mean, this is a player who, a lot of the time, will only play that amount anyway because yeah. you know you're managing him and he, and he is inherently injury prone. Um, so if that is the limit that's on him for this match, do you start him and then accept that you're gonna have to bring him off, or do you bring him on when extra time is, is very much a possibility in this game? You know, as you mentioned, that I think is. Maybe the key question that's going to face Klopp, obviously depending on what he sees from the next couple of days, depending on his his fitness level. Fitness level. So, like me personally, I'd be more comfortable. You know, if it, if it was down to to me making the decision, like I'd be more comfortable knowing I had him in reserve, knowing the impact he can make on a game, than knowing that I'd have to take him off. You know, however well you play within those first sixty minutes, say. 
you are going to lose a degree of control when you bring Thiago off. You know, I think we've got someone in Cater who can help in that respect in terms of offering that degree of control within midfield, but certainly not on the level that Thiago does. And, you know, obviously there's Milner as well who will probably feature in this game at some point, but I think with Milner, it's more about his his presence and experience when he comes on personally, as opposed to controlling the game. I think we often some some well, we can occasionally see games actually getting away from Liverpool um, when that kind of sub is made. So, I if he's not ready to play a full game, I think there is a, definitely an argument to be made um, for for actually bringing him off the bench. But it's difficult because Thiago is seriously one of Liverpool's most important players. You know. We talked a lot in the past about kind of Allison, Van Dijk, Salah, Fabinho in that bracket. But like, I mean, you actually look at Liverpool's record when Thiago plays it. It's incredible and the difference that he makes. Um, you know, without Thiago being fit for majority this season, we're probably not in these conversations that, that we've been having. Um, and there was a stat that I saw the other day, actually. If you go on like FB Ref and you look at kind of the expected goal difference of, of when he's on the pitch, um, so for every 90 minutes of Thiago, essentially, like how many expected goals Liverpool have, how many they give up, like the difference is, is 2.05 in Liverpool's favour. And that's like um, the second best in the squad if you take the players who've got like a decent amount of starts. So like he is, that's not a coincidence given the amount of time that he's played. He is like a, a huge difference maker, um, really. And I think that the key point really is is the control that he offers in a defensive sense and and how much more open games can be without him. So it is a really, really difficult one for Klopp. You know, I talked before about picking the squad up as being the main challenge. This probably ranks kind of two or three, really, in terms of how he manages, you know, these this group of players who aren't in perfect condition for the game. Um, so, you know, does he start him because he's so important to his team? Or does he recognise that he probably would be more valuable as someone to inject into the game as opposed to taking him out of it and then potentially undoing some of the good work that you've been able to do in that period? So, yeah, a very difficult one. And I'm almost glad that it's, it's not me who's in the position to have to decide on it. Yeah, Sorry it, to jump in. I, I've just read something on Twitter. Uh, Sadio Mane to FC Bayern is currently a serious option. The Senegalese can imagine a move to Munich. Bayern are ready to pay €30 million. Euros. Liverpool will be willing to negotiate with an offer around €50 million. PSG are now also interested. This is from uh, an account that has over 200,000 followers. What's the so, name? Uh, it's I, Mia, San, Mia. Anyone know that? Okay. Uh, not one new one on me. I've seen quite a few um, similar tweets from German journalists in particular. Yeah, um, I think it's German journalists. Yeah, it's one of them. What will be, will be. Um, the fee would be my biggest alarm bell in all of that, quite frankly. Because yeah. um, I have that well too low. Um, but yeah, it, it it could well be the case. And I think it's just one of them things, like I alluded to earlier. We might Florian Plettenberg yes, is that, that's now the one also I had in quoted... Mind. Yeah, um, he's now quoted that saying man exclusive. So, yeah, uh, Roman have also just taken the lead as well in 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 the Conference League. If <laughs> anyone cares, it's all going on. Um, yeah, I want to get your your opinion, Chloe, actually on the Thiago thing before we get some actual elevens off you both. Um, well, I suppose I'd get it in your eleven, won't I? 
But uh, yeah, I want to get your view just on the Thiago on solely then. Um, where would you stand in terms of using him? Where, what, where do you think the Klopp's best option would be from the start or to control the game later on? Um, I think if if he can only do 60 minutes, uh, it, it depends because the, the thing is, is Liverpool can have a 10-minute spell, 15-minute spell where they can score three goals and the game could technically be over. Um, if he isn't fit, I wouldn't start him because you already know that that is one of your subs you've got to do. So that takes that away. Then if you've also started Fabinho, Virgil or Salah, one of them gets injured, that's another potential. Um, and it, it's also a final, these lads. It's a 63rd thingy. You know, we're in Paris and we can all say heat doesn't matter, but uh, it will be a, a, a different humidity than it is to the UK um, to play a game of football. No, no, we did it in Madrid, but it, it wasn't like a top quality game of football. Um, so I'd do, I'd, I'd probably, I'd, I'd sub him on um, if I, I think he he can be great at controlling the ball, but um, if he if he can't do past sixty, I'd be concerned that you then take Thiago off and you lose the control like you once had. Everyone's a bit all over the place, um, and obviously you you can concede, you can lose focus. So I'd I'd put him on after sixty if. But the, this is all ifs and buts. We might not even get to extra time, and then it might mm. be okay. Well, that's a substitution we know we can do, but we know we can win it within the ninety anyway. Which I think will be the feeling. I think it's a feeling of let's get it done within the ninety because who can be asked with another thirty minutes again? Um. So. It's it's all ifs and buts, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, for me on that, I'd very much be of your latter persuasion with Thiago in terms of starting, look to win the game outright, get it done. You can't think of extra time. Thiago is part of our best eleven. If he's fit enough to feature, he's fit enough to start. Um, and let's just do it in ninety, like I say, because like you, Chloe, can't do another extra time. I don't think I've got it in me. Don't think I've got it in me. Um, but yeah, we'll go on to the team. Um, I suppose the biggest bone of contention is Canate or Joel Matip, um, which probably changed on a day-to-day basis at the minute, for me anyway. Um, but Dave, a, a lot of it's straightforward, but I'll get you to run, run us through your 11, please. Well, obviously the the, what the straightforward ones would be Alisson, Trent, Van Dijk, Robertson. The, the midfield isn't really straightforward. You know, Let's go with this idea that Thiago is going to be playing because it's a Champions League final. I'm not playing because he's 100% ready, which I think is the more likely scenario, really, um, in which case it would be Fabinho, Henderson, Cater in midfield. You know, I'm just glad that it very much looks like we'll have at least one of them in the team because if you take both out, then I'm starting to think how much of an advantage you will actually have without those two big players. Um, so, it, you know, touch wood, we'll have at least one of those in. So um, that's a boost. And I think the front line is really hard to dispute in terms of Salah, um, Mane and Diaz at this point. Um, whether, you know, how much Firmino and Jota can impact the game off the bench, um, I think it kind of, Jota hasn't scored many off the bench, Firmino's impact varies. So it's not ideal from that point of view, but that's certainly the strongest um, based on what we've seen. Um, so yeah, to come back to that centre-back dilemma, um, I mean, my expectation first of all, is very much that Canate plays. Um, in terms of the merits of actually doing that, I think one big thing is the pace that Canate has because there's a lot of talk about Vinicius against Trent in this game. 
but there's going to be a limit to the amount that those two players are actually having a 1v1 battle. But And there are going to be times when Trent's come forward, you know, to support the attack as he does. And then you've got situations where Vinicius is actually running into space that he's vacated, running into that channel where, where Kanate is going to meet him. And I think having Kanate there in terms of, you know, the, the speed he has and the athleticism um, is potentially an advantage compared to Matip in, in that front. And that's obviously only a specific feature of the game, but I think it's one that could be uh, quite important. On the other side, it is slightly riskier than playing Matip in the sense that Kanate is someone who's more likely to make a mistake. You know, against Benfica, he made one. Um, it was him at the weekend, wasn't it, as well, that, that got underneath the ball yeah, um, from the goal kick. So there, there is, he is a, like a little bit less reliable than Matip. You, you don't really know what you're going to get from him to an extent. Um, but having said that, you know, he has produced in, in virtually every big game he's played. I think he's produced a big performance. Um, and he's got a very impressive list in that front. So while I do think that, you know, he's not like bulletproof in the manner that, that Virgil van Dijk usually is, um, I think, can I say, will start. I can see the merits for him starting based on how he's played, based on the attributes uh, that he has. And, and hopefully, you know, with it being his first Champions League final, he can continue and, uh, and really step up to the place again like he's done before. Yeah, he has done. And I think it's a really interesting call for Klopp because Canate has been the prominent feature in the Champions League in particular um, and in big games in generally, actually, in the, in the Premier League and stuff like that. And obviously plays the FA Cup semi-final. So he showed a lot of faith in him. Um, but the Champions League final is a different beast altogether, isn't it? And all the points you outlined there in terms of his relative inexperience and the sheer class and, you know, on, on the other side, the, the experience of Matip. Um, I think it's a really big call. I'd probably just about edge Matip for the game, to be honest. Um, just because I think experience plays such a huge part in these games, um, particularly against a side like Real Madrid, who've got absolutely stacks of it, you know, pretty much everywhere. When you look at Benzema and Modric and Cruz, I just think having someone like Matip, who's, who's been there and done it so many times, could be crucial. Um, but we'll see. It's not a huge call. And in terms of the rest of the team, I'm with you. I don't see much else um, in the way of changes. Um, Chloe, yourself, you got anyone in particular that you'd like to bring in or out? No, I mean, it's on the off chance that Thiago is 100% or 80 to, to 100, uh, I'd start him instead of Cater. But it's very unlikely that he's going to be at that. So I think Cater starts. Um I said I'd put Kanata in instead of Matter, but uh, that's changed. It's it's become, in my mind, not not I don't believe in him, but I will say that the weekend did worry me because Jimenez bullied him time and time and time again. Um, I mean, we got bullied on the on the counter anyway. I think the balls down in the channels of the the left and right behind our fullbacks, Defo. We're killing us, but Jimenez was having his way with with both our centre halves and uh, Canate more so than Matip because he was on Canate's shoulder more. And Benzema is built kind of like Jimenez. We all know he's brilliant in the air, but he's even better. Um, and that that does worry me a bit. Um, but I, I guess the the other way you look at it is you're going to probably need recovery pace with Vinicius Jr. Canate is the one with recovery pace. Um, 
And he's, he, he, he can also, I mean, we, we've seen him bully players as well. Can I tell you, I think he may have just had an off game on the weekend because every single ball that was done from the goalkeeper or one of the centre-halves were just bypassing Canate or Jimenez was bullying us. So, um, But I think I'd start Canate because I think that's what Jürgen Klopp will do. He's been ahead of, of all of them um, in the Champions League games. So uh, it'll probably be him and Van Dijk. But the, the rest of the team, I agree. Uh, that mm. from three, you cannot... If you're playing Jota, for me, you know... Um, if you're playing them in a, in a game right now and, and taking out of Salah, Mane and Diaz, I think you're absolutely mental. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, but those options you mentioned are great to have from the bench, aren't they? Certainly yeah. for me, you know, because um, I think he changes the way we play altogether. Um, he holds but... us, he, he gets us up the pitch, which yeah. might be something we do need at one point. But I mean, it... say we go one or two goals up, they're going to attack, we're going to exactly. need an out ball. Yeah. And that's probably where, you know, Firmino's best. But um, it, it, something, something within me says that Jürgen could go back to that front three, that original front three just for this game. Yeah, I've seen somebody said very similar before. Um, and you're dead right about Firmino, exactly something I was going to say. He can he can change a game in terms of whether you're winning it or you're losing it. Um, that's the sort of that's what he offers as a player, because if you're winning it, like you say, he can make the ball stick and he can almost ensure that the opposition have a difficult time. Um, but if you're losing it and you're chasing it, he can create things around him as well. So he's still so important. Um, and he may well be on Saturday. You never know. Um we're not doing predictions this week. I assume because it's Champions League final and you two are bottlers. Um, so I'm going to ask for confidence levels heading into the game. Um, and I'm going to ask you something that's not a prediction. But I'm going to ask you confidence levels. And a bit off cue, I'm going to ask you if you could pick one Liverpool player to score the winner on Saturday, who would it be? And I'll come to you, Dave. That's a great question. Um, I'll say I'll hold back around to it. I mean, I have... It is a, a bit of a bottle job on the predictions. I was I was mostly thinking about Chloe to be fair because I, yeah, I know true. Chloe hates doing them. It feels like it's inviting punishment. So um, I think this is a way to skate around it a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, Liverpool are better than Real Madrid. Liverpool are probably, you know, a level above in terms of Real are a brilliant team, but Liverpool and Man City are kind of out on their own you know it's not a huge margin but it's clear that those two teams are do have an edge on all the others what makes Real Madrid most dangerous is I think the the belief and confidence that they have um you know we talked about their run to the final I think that's going to manifest itself in the sense that like you know say Liverpool were two goals ahead that's not really going to phase Real Madrid I think they're going to refuse to accept that they're beaten you know we saw in that semi-final, it was two goals in the space of about a minute or, or something crazy. Like they will believe that they can turn it around until the last. You know, if Liverpool were winning the game until the final whistle went, I don't think Real would would even think about the idea that they were going to lose. And you know, we Liverpool have been able to tap into their history in this competition, and it's been a huge asset. If there's one team out there that can really call on it more than us, it, it's Real Madrid. Um, and we know that the experience levels that they have in their team, it, it's kind of unparalleled, really, at these occasions. I, I want to say some of these players have won, have won kind of four Champions Leagues because obviously they had the run of three in a row, but didn't they win the one before? So there was like it was like one, 
and then uh, I think Barcelona might have won it. Then I think they won the three after that. Um, so there'll be like a, a group of the players that have been like long serving there that have won it like four times. So, um, you know, in terms of like, you know, the players that we're going to be up against, um, you know, Vinicius is someone who can obviously find joy. You know, he's hurt us last season, albeit against very different players. And you have Benzema, who's, you know, potentially the best in the world over the course of the season. So, you know, against Man City, uh, he's, didn't he score that ridiculous goal of the Etihad or something? You know, he's someone who can produce these moments, which are kind of undefendable, really. So you can't be too confident based on that. I think if it's a KG final, like uh, the kind of game we saw in Madrid, if it's that kind of typical thing of, the tension overcomes the game, then I think that very much suits Real Madrid because that is a scenario where the quality of the teams doesn't matter as much. So that's why I want to see Liverpool be aggressive. Obviously, to an extent, it's controlled aggression. Against Wolves at the weekend, we were so desperate for that goal that we seem to be finding ourselves in a lot of like three against one situations um, defensively, which were not good for the, the heart rate. So there's got to be obviously a limit to that. But Certainly, if it can, you know, these games don't have to be played with so much caution. You know, think of the semi-final against Man City. I mean, even the way we started in the FA Cup final. Um, I'd like to think that Liverpool can sort of play it on their terms. And if it's a Liverpool-type performance as opposed to a Liverpool performance that's adjusted for the final, then I think it almost suits us. It would suit us more to be bolder with it uh, game plan-wise. The thing that gives me confidence from our point of view is I do think that the Real Madrid defence is vulnerable to Liverpool's attack. You know, that that centre-back partnership that they have, I think both of them are capable of producing like rock-solid performances, but they've both got mistakes in them. Alaba and Carvalho, I think Alaba might have made a mistake against City, or at least certainly in one of the knockout games. Um, Carvajal, his, he looks like he's maybe not at his absolute prime. I quite like that matchup from our point of view against Diaz. I think Salah might have more trouble on the other side against Mendy, but I think that's an area we might be able to get joy. You know, people talk a lot about Vinicius against Trent. I think we can be just as hopeful about about Diaz against Carvajal. And obviously, I'm aware, having said that, um, that uh, Carvajal are probably put in a masterclass now. But yeah, just that that's just um, a note of a note of hope for me. So, on the whole, um. I'm obviously scared because I, I know what's on the line and I know that this they are anything but a pushover. Um, but the fact that I know that this time we're the favourites as opposed to the underdogs last time does give me a little bit of comfort because I feel like if Liverpool turn up and produce a performance that, that kind of does themselves justice, then I think that that is going to be too much for Real and this might be the bridge too far. Um, after they've, you know, somehow managed to to, to scrape through um, in previous knockout rounds. Yeah, they certainly have. Um, I'm going to need to get your favourite goal scorer though. Oh yeah, I forgot to do that. Um, <laughs> this is really tricky um, because you know, obviously, this unique attachment to to all the players. Trent yeah. would be very special as a scouser, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Robertson as well would be brilliant. Um, Salah, obviously, that's huge. But I think I'd have to go for Jordan Henderson uh, personally. Okay. I think a, a Jordan Henderson kind of outside the box goal would be um, 
would be the dream. And obviously, you know, you've got certain players on the bench as well. You know, mm-hmm. if you get like a random minimum, you know, that appears or something as well, that would be obviously incredible. But I think my heart is saying Henderson on that one. Yeah, that's fair enough. Some good, some good options there. Um, Chloe, same two questions to you. Confidence and dream goal scorer. Um, can I just write, I'm excited as my confidence. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited, um, but I'm not as confident as I was a week ago. That is what I will say. Um, I think they, they're they creating these things within the dressing room as if they're underdogs. And I mean, they might be seen as underdogs, but you're still, you're obsolete. You've won the most of them. Uh, all of these players have been there before. And, you know, no matter how many times I've heard people say that Real Madrid midfield is slow as hell, they still somehow are incredible. Um, and they get through the games. And uh, Camavinga came on and he, he completely changed changed the game for City. So you know they have players there. Um, I think after what happens in the league, I think it's just it's it's even bigger, isn't it? So you're gonna feel a bit more stress about it. And when you want something so much, you're always gonna have not doubt, but the the threat of what happens if we don't do it because that'll be extremely upsetting as as a fan. Um, but I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited that you know we're it's it's our third in in five years. We're back here again. It's a full circle moment. Um, and also I'm I'm hoping that Jürgen's got the game plan to do it. Uh, we all know Carlo Ancelotti's a great manager. Hopefully, um, the the Reds get it done. But it, it's more of a case of I just. I don't want us to play the occasion. I want us to play our football. We played the occasion against Wolves. We were chasing a game that did not need to be chased. Um, and I, I think that's kind of why we didn't get the goal quicker, because we were forcing things at times. It was like we had five minutes to go for the entire first half. Mm. Uh, it was like everyone, every single player on that pitch thought we only had five minutes to score. And instead of just playing our football, keeping it along the floor, keep them moving... We kept trying to do these, you know, fantastic dinks over the top and we just forced the ball. That just didn't need to be done. So I'm hoping we, we very much don't play the occasion. I'm hoping that the, the atmosphere, even though there is only going to be 10,000 fans from Liverpool in the sense of, you know, the UEFA ones, we don't even know who these play, who, who you know, who the people support who've got those tickets. Um I'm hoping that the atmosphere is going to be good and I'm hoping, you know, the Reds get the job done. But um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm I'm quietly confident, but um, I also know that this side, everyone seems to be underestimating them and I will not underestimate this Real Madrid side because I think it's a really good side and it grinds to get things done. I mean, those Chelsea and City games, defensively, I know we, we say they've got some places where they can... Um, you know, be vulnerable, but mm. they were putting their life, like bodies on the line, and and the that Nacho was outstanding against Manchester City. He was absolutely exceptional. Um, so you know, all it takes is uh, someone to have one moment of a, a lapse of concentration, and with their pace, they're in, and it goes the same for us. It's such fine margins. Uh, I don't think I've seen a final where someone pulls away 3-0 and it's all nice. So I'm expecting a very, very stressful, at least 90 minutes, uh, could potentially be more, I hope not. And if it goes to penalties, I think I might just cry because I don't think I can deal with them. Um, as for me, player, to to score the winning goal, my th- first thoughts with 
Trent and Hendo, considering David's already said both of those players, I'll go with Luis Diaz instead. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, just to give my sort of, you know, feelings going into the game um, briefly. Yeah, I, I, I'm really confident, actually. I must admit, I'm really confident. I think, you know, the knock we seen last weekend would, would hurt most mere mortal sides. Um, but this isn't one of them. This is a phenomenal football team. Um, there's been knocked before and bounced back to win. Um, and I just see us doing it again. I, I Real Madrid are an outstanding football side. Of course they are, but they're not as good as us. I agree with you earlier, Dave. I think we're a level above them. Um, and listen, I think Jurgen Klopp referenced it as well today. He said he's not going to base his sort of Real Madrid planning on what they did for like 10 minutes against Man City. Because if you look at the other... I can't even do the maths on that. 170 minutes prior to extra time of that game. Um, Man City were far better than Real Madrid. Real Madrid hung on in there and they, you know, they scored some very good goals. But in terms of the actual football that was played, Real Madrid were well below City. Um, and we're a match for Man City. And on our day, we're better than them. So I'm confident we can get this done on Saturday. I really am. Um, I've got a good feeling about it. Um, and as for my dream match winner um, it's Mohamed Salah um, I think he deserves that moment in Liverpool shirt he's had many many magical ones um, but I think to really cement his legacy if it's not already done he deserves that moment which you can almost stand up upon its own and say remember when he won us that um, because I don't think he's actually had one yet he scored a lot of goals and he's been involved in a lot of very good performances but he hasn't got that match-winning goal in a final to win us that trophy as yet. Um, and I hope that changes on Saturday, quite frankly. Um, but Dave, I will come to you to do the admin, as ever, before I sign us off, if you could. Yeah, um, I do like your explanation uh, for Salah there, to be fair. I think you're right. Obviously, he scored in Madrid, but that was a very early penalty in the game. And it was one so. that we scored again, so... Yeah, exactly. So, we, you know, it doesn't really have the same impact, but... Yeah, um, admin-wise, uh, obviously, uh, please give us a five-star rating on Spotify if you enjoyed, um, and a, a positive view on any other uh, podcast platform would be much appreciated. Um, and share the podcast as well uh, with your friends if you're enjoying it. Um, in terms of what we're going to be doing, uh, we'll have loads of um, good content in the uh, in the off-season. I think you probably agree with this, Dan. Some of our best episodes that we've done were probably... Um, pre-season last year yeah. uh, where we had some some really good guests so um, do do uh, stay tuned for that because um, I'm sure that won't disappoint um, and we'll be posting uh, clips from every episode um, in, in the off-season on the YouTube channel which is in the description um, so yeah that's pretty much everything and just pray next time we're talking that Liverpool um, I, I've done it seven times because that would be unbelievable yeah it certainly would be yeah um, but yeah like Dave said and do stay tuned, do keep an eye out for what's coming up because he is right, a lot of the pre-season stuff last time around with transfers and all that sort of stuff was really good um, and really worth listening to. So, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, like Dave said, let's hope we can make it seven on the weekend, but whatever happens, just enjoy it because it's been some season. I think we can all agree that. Um, but yeah, that's all for now. Take care and we'll speak to you next time.